Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. All right, Rocky Three. What we're going to do, we're going to go to it and we're going to, we're going to bring away some, um, I think, some powerful principles to help your faith from it. So let's go to this first clip. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? United Artists and Chartoff Winkler proudly present Rocky Three. The worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter. You got civilized. Get out of here! The truth is, we both started out on the same corner, and I got lucky with my life, and it's driving you nuts. Philadelphia salutes its favorite son, Rocky Balboa. Why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? This guy is a wrecking machine. You know, you've got a big mouth. Why don't you come out and close it, Balboa? Come on. I want to fight this guy. You fight him without Balboa was a fine champion, but his time has passed. See that look in their eyes, Rock? Gotta get that look back, Rock. I the tiger, come on. I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. I'm gonna torture him. I'm gonna crucify him real bad. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. Damn, Rock, come on! There's nothing wrong with being afraid. You thought I was tough? This job will kill you. You wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. There is no tomorrow. You're really a loser. Well, I don't believe it. There is no tomorrow. tomorrow, tomorrow, Rocky's greatest challenge to save his honor, his marriage, and his manhood against his most devastating and dangerous opponent. Bust you up. Go for it. Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Carl Weathers, Burt Young, and introducing Mr. T. Rocky III, an American tradition. These flashbacks are the quality of film is incredible. They are, <laughs> they are, here, here's the thing, if you know anything about this movie, it really boils down to this. Rocky Three is about a man who has, with great spirit and tenacity, risen to the top. He loses what they call the eye of the tiger. He loses the fire on the inside, and it's about his journey back to it. It's not a deep movie, that's for sure. But, but that, that is the movie, and, and, and it's this guy, it's essentially a story of an improbable champion who rose to the top with a hunger and a fire, lost that edge, and then recaptures it. So actually, the movie's actually originally based on a real-life guy. Um, I'm not sure if it was, still was by the time they got to Rocky Three. certainly not by the time they got to Rocky Four. But, but we get the idea, and, and central to Rocky Three, anyone who grew up with it, is the idea of the eye of the tiger, you know, like, I'd go and play football games, and you'd... 
have your Walkman in your pocket and your headphones on and you'd be walking into the, the ground and you'd be listening to Rocky Three. You were ready to go terrorise that kid from across the street as it played in your ears, the eye of the tiger. And, and to possess the eye of the tiger is, to, is really to be focused. It's to live in fierce pursuit of purpose and passion and that's kind of it. And so the eye of the tiger or the lack of it it actually does, and we'll see, it changes everything. It does. And, and the Bible has a word for what they call the eye of the tiger. It's called zeal. The Bible calls it zeal. And so as we go to this, the writer of the book of Romans in the Bible makes this statement. I want you to hear it, and I want you to think about it in your own life. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11 says this, Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor, your spiritual fire, serving the Lord. Talking to some of you might not have a faith, but many of you have. If you made a decision last week, I want to encourage you that the the best way to live the Christian life is to live it with zeal. The, The Bible points us to this for a very good reason. Zeal changes things. When a person lives with zeal on the inside, when they live their faith with a fire on the inside, it actually changes things. It changes us. It, it, it changes things going on around us. It changes what we're about. It changes the way we go about it. We, it, it changes things. And it, and it, it impacts changes, uh, change for other people in terms of their lives and in terms of their eternity. It changes things. I was at a reception for a wedding yesterday. Uh, Welcome to post-COVID life. The wedding was a year ago, and the reception was yesterday. (laughs) Sarah Bertram, now um, Wickham, and um, Mitch Mitchell uh, had their reception last night in Bellingen. And my friend sent me a text, and he said, Hey, Darren, there's a woman that um, is looking for permanent accommodation that works at the Bellingen Hotel. I want to help her, Christian guy. And I said, look, no worries. When we're in the reception, I'll duck away in the middle of it. And so I had a plan to sneak out, go see the girl, tell her to ring this person. And of course, I got sat next to the parents of the groom. And so then I couldn't leave. And so it didn't happen. But here was this guy whose zeal for Jesus is such that he heard a news story somewhere about a woman he's never met and he's gone, I can change that. Zeal does that. Zeal impacts people's life. By his own admission, the, the same person would say he was in a very different place just a few weeks ago. And he said, and a few weeks ago, he wouldn't have come up with some of the decisions he's coming up with this week. That's the power of zeal. And so never be lacking in zeal. Think about that idea. Never. Just never be lacking in zeal. Not like I'm never going to eat chocolate again. That's a never for now. Now it says, hey, always be living your Christian faith with a fire on the inside of you. And so how do we live with God-worthy zeal? How do we do that? And I, it's, I'm like you, it's, it's ebbed and flowed in my own life. But, but I think it's something at least I've gone after for most of my adult life. And so I want to help you with it today. We're going to use the clips, but I really want to bring some Bible and some, maybe some background um, as we do and talk about um, how to live with God-worthy zeal. Let me ask you a question. 
What kind of zeal would be worthy of God in your life? Like, what would that look like? What kind of zeal would be worthy of God in, in your life? So with that question, uh, let's go to the next clip. Why'd you leave? Why'd you walk away like that? Life's too short, kid. Where are you going? I'm going on a permanent vacation. What are you talking about? We got one more fight. No, no. Not we. You. Why are you doing this? I said, why are you doing this? Because you can't win, Rock. This guy will kill you to death inside of three rounds. You're crazy. What else is new? He's just another fighter. No, he ain't just another fighter. This guy is a wrecking machine, and he's hungry. Hell, you ain't been hungry since you won that belt. Oh, what are you talking about? I've had ten title defenses. That was easy. What do you mean easy? He was handpicked. Setups? Yeah, they were setups. They was good fighters, but they wasn't killers like this guy. He'll knock you into tomorrow, Rock. the beating that you got from Apollo should have killed you, kid. It didn't. It was my job to keep you winning and to keep you healthy. You really don't think I got nothing left, do you? Well, Rock, let's, let's put it this way. You know, three years ago, you were supernatural. You were hard and it was nasty and he had this cast iron jaw but then the worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter you got civilized and there you go but the worst thing happened well that can happen you became civilized and you know I think we should live civilised. Um, but there is a way of living our faith that becomes... Uh, um, Hebrews or Romans talks about it, saying, hey, don't become so well-adjusted, so accustomed to the culture of the day that you fit in without any real... with ease. And the reality is that Jesus' kingdom on earth is what they call an upside-down kingdom. It's back to the front. It's upside down. It's different. Christians are different. Uh, we, we're meant to be full of grace and kindness and also standing for truth and boldness. I don't know if you saw Phoebe pointed to it um, in the previous service. The, a, a Christian man was just appointed the CEO of the Essendon Football Club. That's a big deal in Victoria. And... And he was appointed and one day later sacked. And he was sacked, not because of what he'd said, but because of something his church had said eight, nine, nine years ago in a sermon, which he wouldn't retreat from. And he wouldn't, they said, you've got to come off their board or ours. And so he stood off the board 
that he gets paid lots of money for to serve on the board where he gets zero dollars as a matter of principle because he's hunger to serve Jesus. And I tell you, we live in a different time. It's shifting and we should all be praying. But, but you know, th- this is the thing. He's not so accustomed to the culture that he's in that he just went, I'm just going to slot in. I'm just going to slot in. He determined that he was going to live in a way that was counterculture, not unwise. He's not said an ungracious word. He's been kind, loving, forgiving, wise, clear. But in the midst of that, he's been uncompromising in his conviction. And so I like the idea. And what about you? You know, what about me? I don't want to just slot in so easily. In fact, if you have an open faith, you won't. I grew up being the most popular kid of most things uh, in that I could play footy. So that gave you an advantage when you came from Western Sydney. And, and uh, so I was always captain of everything. And then I became a Christian. And something shifted. I just, it just was different. I didn't do anything. I just lived my faith. And of course, I could have compromised my faith. I could have not have listened to that Amy Grant album that someone bought me. <laughs> I did repent of that. And but it's just different. And you and I, as we, if we want to live with zeal, just to go, you know what? I don't want to live so whatever, vanilla, that I just fit in with ease and no one would have a clue. But that we're going to live with a kind of zeal that says, you know what? I'm going to love and I'm going to be compellingly different and I'm going to bring faith-filled optimism and all of that but it is going to be different. Listen, listen to Jesus, because zeal changes our story. It changes how we live. Jesus said this, John chapter 2, verse, or it says of Jesus, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and others, sitting at tables, exchanging money. So he made, so, so he made a whip out of cords. Can you imagine Jesus sitting there? Someone said to me this morning how kind and gracious Jesus is. Yes, he is, like none there's ever been. But he also sat in the corner after he saw what was going on, just preparing his whip. And so he made a whip out of cords and he drove them all out of the temple courts. The sheep, the cattle, the money changers. He overturned their tables. I'm liking this scene, are you? This is not meek and mild Jesus. This is Jesus the, the, the other side or all, all, all part of him. Those who sold doves, he said, get out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. And his disciples remembered that it was written. Listen to what they said. Zeal for your house will consume me. Zeal for God's house had consumed him. And so strong was the zeal on the inside of him for the house of God and for the things of God and for God that it changed how he lived. It made him fearless in what would be unpopular. He was prepared to be misunderstood in the moment. He was prepared to be heckled. He was prepared to be jeered. And he steps in and he says, no, this won't do. That's the power of zeal. It changes who we are, changes what we're about, changes how we go about it. It changes things for people. Zeal for your house consumes me. How to live with God-worthy zeal if I'm a Christian. I I think that there, I'm like, I don't know that I'm even there, but I want to be there where the zeal is such that it's consuming who I am, that it might flow out in the way that I live. Zeal for God and zeal for the things of God. How to live with God, worthy zeal. We're going to get really practical 
in a minute, but let's watch this next clip. That's not the way to do it. Who's that? Why don't you hit it straight, huh? Step into it. Apollo? Right. I waited at your house for about an hour and your wife said you might be here. What are you doing here? Business. If the papers knew we were talking like this, they'd think we was crazy. Why you? Because I'm the best and you need somebody to teach you different. Why? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I don't think you can pull it off without me, right? You still didn't give me the answer, Apollo. What's the real reason? Listen, it's quiet, isn't it? When you're retired, it's too quiet. I mean, we're too young to retire anyway. Besides, with the right touch, I could promote this thing into the biggest gate of all time. It'd be bigger than ours. Heaven knows, I, I don't mind being involved with large numbers, right? I don't need this no more. I, I don't want this no more. Look, man, when you beat me, I hurt all over, and I didn't want to know from nothing or nobody, not even my kids. Hell, every fighter knows that hurt, and we get sick inside trying to live with it. So don't back off now. Make it right for yourself, or you'll be sorry you didn't. We held the greatest title in the whole world, babe. You lost that fight, Rock, for all the wrong reasons. You lost your edge. All right. I know your manager dying had you all messed up inside. But the truth is, you didn't look hungry. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe we could win it back together. Eye of the tiger, man. Why'd you have to come here? I have the plan. Get back. You got me curious. You got me curious, Rob. You got me curious. Imagine you could get the edge back. Well, I think when the Bible says to never be lacking in zeal, and if we go through a season where it's not, you know, that fire, that passion, that enthusiasm for the things of God's not forefront in our lives, I think if that happens to us, obviously we can rediscover it. We can bring it back. Maybe you have it. Maybe lots of you have it. My assumption isn't that we haven't got it, but my assumption is how to get it and how to keep it and that we might live in a way that actually changes things and zeal changes things. And so as we read here, I want to read Luke chapter 8, verse 12 to 16, just give you some thoughts on how to get it, how to keep it in our lives. Luke chapter 8, verse 12 to 16. Uh, I haven't got it on my thing either. That was a bad error. Luke chapter 8, verse 12 to 16, talk about the four seeds that get sown. And it talks about the seed in the, that falls on the path and it, it just nothing happens to it. It's talking about the Word of God. It talks about the seed that goes into shallow soil and how it lasts for a little while, but then when trouble comes, talking about a person, um, it abandons the faith. And then it talks about the third seed. And the third seed is kind of, the most challenging one because it says it's a person who's going well and along the journey, but along the journey, their life gets 
cluttered by cares, riches, and pleasures, and they do not come to maturity. They don't become fruitful in their faith. Now, I don't know if that means they fall away or they just aren't fruitful. I don't know. Uh, there's lots of thought around that. But, but what it does point out is that just the importance of keeping our lives uncluttered. And we're going to live with zeal. It's a great place to start in terms of living an uncluttered faith. And, and I don't know how you do it. I do this regularly across my life, the same thing. I have to go, oh, my life's just become cluttered again and uncluttered. I was in a church service many years ago. And I remember I was in the time where we were just worshipping before and this picture, this like vision came into my head and it was this room and it was full of things like good things. I remember there was a football in there and yeah, there was all kinds of things in there and the room was just jammed with stuff and right in the middle of it was a cross. And then I had this thought into my head, I think it was like the Holy Spirit. and go, what do you see, Darren? And I started to think about all the things I could see. And then the thought came to me, what do you see at the centre? I went, oh, the cross. But it was just crowded in with everything else. And then the thought came, get rid of the stuff and bring yourself some focus. And so just an uncluttered faith helps us live with fire and zeal. Um, Obviously, building in the Bible meaningfully. And, And then sometimes with a thing, you've got to go and get it. And I think zeal is one of those things. It's hard not to turn this into a, one of the tensions with preaching this message is it sounds like a works message. Well, zeal does take work. It says, never be lacking in zeal. Puts the onus on me. But, you know, keep your spiritual fervor. The onus is on me. Zeal's not a gift. Thank God for that. Imagine that you never got the zeal gift, and I did. But no, nobody gets the zeal gift. We all get the opportunity to stir zeal in our life. I think uncluttered is a great place to start. That scripture goes on and talks about how the person who takes hold of the Word of God and perseveres in it, how their life becomes fruitful. And clearly, you know, they've done a large global study just in the last couple of years, and it revealed one simple thing, the one thing that makes the most difference to spiritual formation and to the local church. They spent a lot of money to come up with this because it's so obvious. Is a person reads the Bible. Who would have thought, hey? They just read the Bible after all their study, after all the millions of dollars spent on all kinds of things. They said the number one thing that it's not even close what is second. It's just people who read and meditate on and and saturate themselves in Scripture. And so just uncluttering our lives. I I don't know, one one of the things that's helpful to me is just in the rhythm of my day, I've removed things in certain places. Some of you know that I travel a little bit and I was in a hotel room and another famous preacher had made a mess that day and it struck me that all the preachers making a mess were lived in hotel rooms a lot and I just thought okay how am I going to do this because I want to live with a fire on the inside I don't want to fade out I don't want to burn out I don't want to stuff it up I thought right from now on my hotel room is like a war room when I'm in a hotel, I pray, I worship. I, I go into the hotel, I unplug the TV. I know it sounds weird. I unplug it, I unplug the TV, I turn my iPad off and I'll use my phone or whatever. And I, my settings are worship, good preaching and I make one allowance, KO live. <laughs> if there's live sport on, I'll allow myself live sport as Jesus would. 
And, and so now we've got a place that in recent years has been the coffin of many that if I get it right, we'll turn the tables on that. And go, no, no, you don't get to take this place and make it an enemy to the future. I'm going to take this place and pray that the forces of darkness regret that they ever had a crack. In your life as well, like in the rhythms of your life, what does it look like? Just finding ways. My mum used to go to the clothesline because her husband wasn't a Christian. It was all a bit weird and she'd go to the clothesline. If my mum went to the clothesline or the shower, you knew that she was praying every time she went to the clothesline, every time she went to the shower. Just so there's that presence of God going on in our lives, flowing out. Just whatever it is, whatever. You know, here's I thought about this most people spend more time scrolling, right, than they do reading Scripture. And uh, that's not a criticism. It's just to go, well, it could be. Um, it's, it's just a reality of our lives. Um, what if you just put audio Bible on every time you scrolled? I'll tell you what, the things I'll talk as a man, the things that would tempt a man, I'll tell you what, the, the crossover rate would drop significantly. Just when I scroll, I listen to Scripture. When I scroll, I listen to Scripture. Try it for a week. I tell you, it'll start to stir the zeal, stir the fire on the inside of a person's spirit. And I just think there's so many opportunities for us. And as I don't say any of this to condemn you. I say it's, a, it's the only way to live our faith is to live it with a fire on the inside. Just doing that. You won't always feel it, but that we do the things that produce it. And just put, bring people into your life that do the same. Who's going to create a fire on the inside of you? Chase a coffee with them. Hang out with them. Do what you can just so that we might live with a fire on the inside. If you're not sure who that is, go hang out with Scotty Williams. I promise you, one hour after arriving with Scotty Williams, you will leave with more fire on the inside of you than you started. If you don't, I'll pay for the coffee. You have my word. If you have lunch, I'll pay for it too. You have my word. Why? Because I know. You won't sit with him for an hour and the zeal on the inside of you start to grow. We can take charge of this in our lives and really live with zeal, maybe like we never have before. Some of us, we've lost it. Well, we didn't lose it. We forsook it and we've forsaken it and we've let it go. And today's the day to go, you know what? I'm going to bring it back. I'm just going to start to bring it back. And it might take a little while, just like it took Rocky a little while. It might take a little while, but it'll come. And maybe you're already there. And if you are, uh, how are you channeling that zeal? How are you channeling it in your life? Let's continue to serve God, be the kinds of people that it can be said of us. They were never lacking in zeal, but they live with spiritual fervor as they serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.